you could tell like the downward slope is starting to hit. Problem I realized was that instead of asking for help because I, I felt like I needed some help in trying to, you know, unlock some inspiration or things like that, you know, I was just like, my boss is going to get mad at me that I, I said that, you know, she tasked me with this and I wasn't struggling to move it along. So I just convinced myself that, well, as long as I, you know, copy pasted some old test questions from past years that somehow, and I just made, you know, changed them up just a little bit that somehow that would be enough. Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined by Jerry Fu. Now, Jerry is a conflict resolution coach who helps Asian American leaders advance in their career and life journeys. Having taken on several pharmacy leadership roles, Jerry started coaching in 2017 to help other Asian American professionals deal with conflicts they encounter at work, with their culture, and within themselves. He has appeared on over 40 podcasts and plans to appear on plenty more. But he also avoided conflict and got fired. That's coming up after the break. Real quick before we get into today's show, I just wanted to say thank you for all the ways you offer support, whether it's through sharing the show or through leaving us a review. I really appreciate it. Now, recently I've started creating some bonus content over on patreon.com slash Alex Williams. Remember, I spell Williams differently too. If you want to support me over there, you can go to patreon.com slash Alex Williams or click the first link in the show notes. It'll take you right there, give you access to a ton of bonus content and a ton of other cool stuff that I've been working on. Enjoy the show. Jerry Fu, ready to talk about one of your broken bulbs? Absolutely, Alex. Let's do it. Fantastic. Let's talk about you leveraging your network to get a great job, which, I mean, first of all, uh, good job. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's something we all need to learn how to do. But then you got fired within a year. So tell me about this. Like, what happened? So yeah, I was uh, yeah working at my chain pharmacy job and then had a really bad customer service incident where the lady vowed never to fill her prescriptions here again because we uh, didn't run her prescriptions through properly on her insurance. No one told her until it was too late. And somehow, um, no matter what solution and apology I tried to offer her, it was not enough. And so aside from getting chewed up by the patient, I got chewed up by my pharmacist because she felt like I handled the situation very poorly despite the uh, conflict resolution skills I knew I had to have in retail. So yeah, um, I just had this, you know, just stunned moment where I just said, I, I have to do something different. I have to leave. And so uh, with that, I knew I wanted to get into teaching. I had always had a heart for tutoring and, and teaching students. And so uh, the problem is that I didn't have a PhD or a conventional uh, prerequisite for a, a regular academic job. But um, I, I knew a friend of mine who was teaching students and yet somehow she didn't have these prerequisites either. And so I said, Hey, you know, I, I want to get into teaching. Here's my CV. Here's my resume. And, uh, you know, what do I do with this? And she's like, wow, you know, this guy's really serious about this. Um, and so a couple months later, uh, my friend actually texted me and said, Hey, uh, my old position, uh, is open now that I got promoted. Do you want to apply for it? And I said, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, people forget that the next, Network is there to help you. You just have to ask it in, of you know, in a tactful way. You're not demanding anything. You're not entitled to anything. Uh, but if you're just simply asking for directions, you know, people are usually kind enough to give them to you. So, you know, grateful for that. And so, yeah, got through the interviews, convinced this company to take a chance on me, 
And next thing I know, I'm walking away from a full-time job with benefits in Knoxville. And I am moving to this pharmacy consulting part-time job, which I would have to earn my way up. Uh, they deliberately kept a very short leash for this, but I was more than happy to take what they were willing to give me. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the key moment where I realized that you could tell like the downward slope is starting to hit, right? Uh, the initial honeymoon phase was great. You know, I did the work I needed to, you know, I thought I was, things were fine. Uh, but the, the pivotal task that really kind of, you know, where I dug myself in a hole uh, was when, you know, my supervisor had tasked me with drafting more math questions for the exams that we were going to have to give in the afternoon, in the fall semester. And um, I realized quickly that I was, I had underestimated the task, like that I got like writer's block or other things. And so um, the problem I realized was that instead of asking for help, because I, I felt like I needed some help in trying to, you know, unlock some inspiration or things like that. Um, you know, I was just like, my boss is going to get mad at me that I, I said that, you know, she tasked me with this and I wasn't, you know, I was struggling to move it along. So I just convinced myself that, well, as long as I, you know, copy pasted some old test questions from past years that somehow, and I just made, you know, changed them up just a little bit that somehow that would be enough. And, um, you know, she would check on me, Hey, how are things going? Things like that. I was like, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. And then the day before our first exam, like she actually looks at my work and then the next morning I come in and she is frantically like redoing the exam. She's clearly, you know, frazzled. And I'm just like, Oh, Oh crap. Like, you know, I'm trying to keep it G rated, but I have this moment of shame. I have this moment of guilt. I have this moment of, uh Oh, like I know I am in trouble. Like even if they don't fire me today, like this is like kind of digging my own grave. This is the first, you know, scoop to digging my own grave. And so somehow, you know, got to the end of the semester, she was kind enough to, you know, just cover for me so that like the big boss didn't, you know, didn't know how upset she was with me. And we just kind of kept things in the house. But uh, unfortunately for me, uh, because I dug myself in this hole in the fall semester, I had to play catch up in the spring semester as well. And so even though I did the best I could with what I had in the spring, you know, this, I only set my ceiling so high. And after we had another incident where my supervisor was not happy with my efforts to draft questions. And so out of frustration, um, I just took questions from last year's exam because I was just like, well, she seems to be happy with those. So I'm just going to show them to her again. And she's like, oh, these look a lot better. Th and I was like, oh, thanks. And then, you know, she reviewed them again, uh, saw that the next morning that I had, you know, to simply pasted old questions because apparently that's what made her happy at the time until she saw that these were the same questions. And then, you know, I was like, surprise. And she goes, this is not a good surprise. Like this does not reflect well on you. And at that point, you know, now the company is fishing to build a case against me so they could fire me, uh, you know, for a cause. And so, yeah, again, I know I'm like in serious trouble because I know how upset she is with me. We started to disengage. We weren't, you know, checking in every morning like we were supposed to. And, uh, you know, my own conflict aversion was, you know, uh, at its height. And eventually, you know, um, when I saw her waiting outside her office at the end of April that year, and she was waiting to go see my, you know, the boss of our department. And I saw HR come by his office as well. And I checked my, you know, his, he makes his calendar available. So I saw it was like, oh, this person and HR. And I was like, oh, writing's on the wall. Like something's going to happen. But it wasn't until, you know, our big boss called me into his office at the end of the day. And basically chewed me out and said, oh, today's your last day. And he said that in a not in a much harsher tone than what I just said. But, you know, I am stunned. I am ashamed. I am embarrassed because I know, you know, 
this just made my referral look bad, right? And, you know, she had banked on me. And she said, yeah, you know, from what I know about Jerry, he'd make a good employee here. And now, like, you know, rubber hits the road. And 11 months was actually very generous, right? Uh, to be upset with me for as long as they were, to still think that somehow, uh, you know, we're still willing to give them a chance. You know, in hindsight, that was very generous. But, yeah, stunned. And even though I only lived four miles from work, that was the longest drive home, Alex. Like, I just thought to myself, you know, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm embarrassed, and I'm just mired in self-pity because I'm just like, what am I going to do? You know, I can't go back to my old job. I don't know where to find a new one just yet. Like, what do I do? Uh, to kind of be slowly digging your own grave in this in this job that you wanted, that you were, you know, that like we said, you used your network to to get in here. And then you you kind of just disappointed it. Uh, and I, I think probably more than anybody else, you disappointed yourself. And so what, looking back uh, to that first incident, how would you have changed that scenario in order to prevent it from spiraling into what it did? Yeah, great, great question. Um, I think a big problem was my own mindset uh, because... I was walking into a company I, I respected very highly. And so I was intimidated by it in a way that was not healthy because the company is not simply paying you to hold serve. The company wants you to make things better. And so um, having confidence in my own ability to find a solution, uh, I think, is one thing I didn't learn until several jobs later where, uh, you know, all your, all your boss wants to hear is, did you get it done? And you say, yes, like, it doesn't matter what that involves as long as, you know, you don't have to, you know, don't do anything immoral or illegal, right? But whatever solution, no solution is too crazy if you need to get the job done. And that, it took me a long time to appreciate the phrase, think outside the box, because this is exactly what you have to do, right? Um, but yeah, so if I had to do it again, as, as soon as I hit a roadblock, right, maybe I try two or three more things to try to move myself forward or get myself unstuck. But uh, in that case, right, at least show the effort, document the effort so that when I go to my boss and say, hey, boss, I've tried these two or three things and um, I'm still not getting any traction. Do you have any suggestions for me? Right. Um, and this is something I tell my employees now. I said, don't just come to me saying, hey, I don't know how, how, how to solve this. I will ask you, what have you tried so far? Right. Because I want to see some level of initiative. And if you have done something, tell me, because I can't assume that you've already tried something. Right. Um, and so, yeah, basically you learn quickly that, okay, my boss is not paying me to make excuses or tell me stories. My boss is paying me to get a job done. And so um, if I had to go back in time to tell my, you know, 30 year old self, if you want to keep this job, hey, like stories uh, will not suffice. Like you need to find a way forward. And I believe in your ability to find that solution. Um, it's okay. Just take whatever criticism you need to. And uh, don't dwell on that. Like, don't feel guilty. Don't don't get mopey. Um, don't beat yourself up as a defense mechanism. Just take the take the feedback. Ask what's my next action, and then uh, yeah, right. Results are are what keep a company afloat ultimately. Uh, of course, at the end of every episode, I like to hear what's working for you now. Obviously, you're not still there because you got fired. But uh, what are you up to now, Jerry? Why don't you tell us where we can go to find you and your work? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, I am grateful for my day job as a pharmacist still. It is basically my leadership lab where I read all these books and I have to test out my ideas to see if they're really effective or if I'm applying them uh, in a way that 
I guess get some level of results that I desire. Uh, but uh, the the best place for people to find commentary on on my uh, experiments is my website, which is adaptingleaders.com. And yeah, you can there uh, you can schedule a free 30 minute call. You can download a free PDF on uh, navigating hard conversations, and I have a free blog as well on instant, uh, useful and relevant uh, leadership literature. Fantastic. I'm going to have links to that and everything else you're up to down in the show notes so people can go and follow along with you on your journey and the things that you're learning and sharing as well. And with that, I just got to say thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Alex. Best podcast ever. (laughs) And thank you for listening. Don't avoid conflict. It'll just make it worse. Try a few more things, show your efforts, and ask for help. Special thank you to Jerry for joining me and being willing to talk about his broken bulbs. Be sure to check out his work, which I have linked down in the show notes. And if you want to offer support beyond leaving a review and sharing the show, please visit Patreon via the first link in the show note. As a thank you for your support, you'll get a postcard from me wherever I am to wherever you are. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are, of course, a proud member of the Create Vine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gefsison, and the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.